0: It's 2022 and for Buck's sake is back in your earholes. A new year it might be, but the stench of COVID still lingers as the A-League season is once again struggling to get moving. It's Dave here and there might be some cobwebs to shake off after a few weeks off, but joining me to help do just that is the one and the only Buds. Uh, what's the crack,
1: mate? I'm trying to with my fingers and thumbs now see if this is the fourth calendar year that we've been dealing with covid in um FES it's just never ending never going away but we're still here it's great to be here too there's so much to unpack in this episode indeed and it's almost a visionary thing
0: that we did three or four years ago and start to do this thing remotely it's like we saw it coming but uh what uh fbs listeners did not see coming was uh Clarkie, who joined us as most of you will know by now uh, as our new arrival uh to this podcast and the fbs community um as a, as a leader within it shall we say um mate you're on holidays what are you doing to occupy yourself uh hint hint nudge nudge uh, talk about the discord
2: <laughs> Dave, Buds, good to be here. It's been a couple of weeks. I've been keen to do a podcast but obviously with the uh, holidays and stuff it hasn't quite worked out so we've got heaps to cover tonight. Yeah, I've been uh, in my holidays just spending a lot of time in our Patreon Discord um, uh, just talking all things Vuck with um, with all our wonderful Patreons. So um uh, as you may or may not know, we have a, a Patreon, uh, Discord server set up specifically for our Patreon subscribers. So for as little as a dollar an episode, um, you get access to that. And we've got we've got tons of threads, tons of chat rooms on everything, whether it's VUC, football, uh, basketball. We've got a summer of cricket thread for all you cricket nerds. Um, and there's
0: a new one, the A-League Nuffies.
2: Oh, that's been popping that's, off. Look, it's, it's, it's primarily South Melbourne Mike stuff. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we, we need a place to aggregate all that that garbage. But, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash for Vuck's sake to get involved. Um, we're building a really awesome community there. Everyone is is totally kick-ass and, and everyone is welcome there. So if you subscribe, jump in and then say hello to everyone.
0: Yes, you will get in uh, without a... Uh... A visa, shall we say, um, <laughs> unlike someone else this week. Um, but Buds are. we've had a lot of good feedback about your pronunciation of names. And I feel, you know, given that we've got some new Patreons on board this week, I'm going to handball it over to you, uh,
1: Ivan Kelaver-style. Off you go, mate. Thank you for the new patrons. We've got Samuel Uhe. That's actually a tricky one. Or it could be Uhe. The Jay Shamensky, cool. Jim Marsh, Joseph Kerban, and thanks to Anthony Gretsch for upping his pledge. Lovely. Uh boys, do you reckon the um the Discord
0: is killing or has killed the, the forum, the Fozza as we call it? Like I haven't popped in there too often, but it's a bit of a ghost town. It's I feel like it, the, the the whole medium of a forum might be dying once again. Um, social media seemed to kill it off way back in the day, but it you know, made a revival, but yeah, it's not not much going on there.
2: Oh, look, the Foz is still there and the Foz is kicking. The, the Foz will never die, but uh, the Discord is the new shiny place to be, really.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Look... Uh, Folks, given this is the first podcast we've done since before the new year or before Christmas, I think, I'm struggling to remember, it will be a bit of a catch-up podcast as we've talked about a little bit. So let's quickly do that and get you all up to speed. Uh, We will, of course, dive into the matches. There's two A-League matches and two FFA Cup matches. But let's summarise firstly by saying... We've not lost a single game in this past two to three weeks, and we're still at the summit of the A-League men's table, albeit with many clubs below us having several games in hand due to our old mate COVID, Uh, and we're alive in the FFA Cup. We're in the semi-finals, a a game uh, to be played, who knows when, against Wellington Phoenix, but... Yeah, that's that's pretty much the extent of the podcast today, uh, ladies and gents. Because yeah, it's four games; it's a fair bit to talk about. Um, now, we'll go back chronologically because that's probably the best way to do it. And I think we'll probably spend the most time uh, this evening on the podcast discussing the most recent game because it's fresh in everyone's minds, and we'll obviously deal with everything that happened at that game both on and off the pitch but let's take our minds back to when we played Western United Clarkie uh, against sorry again against Western United at Swan Street it was a 3-1 victory let's try and refresh everyone's memory as to how this game panned out
2: well uh, this was the first of a couple of games that you could say it was it was really a game of of two halves and victory started that that the first half of the game in scintillating fashion i mean two goals in in sort of in a minute in a space of between a minute between each of them um you know 2-0 up before the 20th minute mark was like we were all thinking hey the vux and and a ball and the population is really starting to hit its stride um obviously then in the second half West United you know, came back pretty hard and, and we sat back and invited a lot of pressure but uh, I think most of the hard work was um was done in that first half so Jason Guerrier, unlikely scorer getting on the score sheet his um, first it, ever goal at this yeah. level well done Jace getting on the end of a, a Jake Brimmer corner and then uh, Josh Brlante scoring his first goal for the club which was uh, a lovely bit of interplay between Brimmer, Margiotta, and and himself. Um, mm. I didn't know Brillante had that in him, to be honest. Um, but I'll take it. Um, yeah, look, it was a, it was a pretty good game. You you walk away and you, you look at three one and you go, look, that's a that's a pretty strong win. But it, it didn't really tell the the whole tale because for for the majority of that second half, I think we were all biting our nails going. If we don't put a b- foot on the ball and and, and do something, they're going to get back into this game.
0: Certainly, certainly, Buds. Now, the Marco Rojas goal. We saw him waltz his way through the middle of the park and uh, make Western United look somewhat pedestrian. Um, tell us what you thought, I guess, in general about the game, but also just... Our man Daggers, Um, he he scored in this game, and you know we've we've touched on this topic a bit. Bench player, but certainly doing the sorts of things that bench players in the past for the Vark, when given the opportunity, they've not taken. uh, Daggers is, budzer.
1: Yeah, Daggers has done it a couple of times this year, and I, I dare say it probably. Um, want to bring up the point of Tony Popovich's, um, and we'll do it again in for the other games that we talk about as well, his substitutions this year have been quite inspired. Nearly every single game, um, a substituted player will either assist or score or do both. Um, it's been quite remarkable. It is not very Melbourne victory like at all. But look, this was probably one of those games where uh, this was just at the precipice of the the, the COVID annihilation of the season, and um, we saw luckily uh, for us, um, the big man Diamante for Western United was on Instagram telling everyone he was on his banana lounge on his um on his porch saying he wasn't going to play <laughs> th- that evening. So uh, fortunate for us because yeah, as you said, we um absolutely blitzed them to start with. And then they, yeah, they did, um, they really did a, a number on us in terms of everything, but scoring um, more shots on goal, more passes, more possession, more everything that we were very much under the cosh. And it's, um it's brought a bit of discussion about how Melbourne victory are to watch how Melbourne victory are in terms of, uh, and Tony Popovich's Melbourne victory in um, allowing um allowing space allowing time on the ball um openly absorbing pressure openly bringing it on um it's 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 an interesting thing no popper has been pressed on it a number of times in the presses after the uh in the game and keeps swatting it away um but I i don't know whether there's anything in it or not but it's probably a one one overarching thing i've probably found in this block of games is that we haven't been good to watch we haven't been good to watch at all um but we're still sitting top of the table. And I think this is probably um, the the part of ball that no one wanted to admit was going to happen all year, but we just have to sit here and accept it and enjoy it because um, it's there. there is an element to Tony Popovich's football that is successful. Whether it's going to sustain uh, for the rest of the season is going to be very interesting, but I'm pretty cock hoop sitting on top of the table right now. Dare I say it's a pragmatic,
0: results driven and, you know, getting the results. But just on what you touched on there, you know, and what you both have mentioned, you know, game of two halves. I want to, you know, I feel like in my club there is problem and that the problem is concentration. Mm. So we have this issue where there are lapses, periods of the game where we just disappear. We're riding our luck a little bit with enduring those but you get the feeling that when things get to the point here into the season we're going to want to iron this stuff out because you know those lapses nearly cost us uh Mm. in that second half um and we
1: still can't put (laughs) we we still can't get our best side on the park
2: yeah Yeah. that's that's something that i think a lot of clubs are experiencing though but yeah Mm. you look you look at our depth and 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 our best side on the park should be able to walk most games.
1: Yeah, but then Icon, like Icon's virtually been useless. Mm, like when, when he's playing, he's he's either injured or so Away, far off or, so far yeah. off the pace or been out for so long that he's virtually a, a useless player out on out on that flank when he's uh when he is on the pitch and there there is no continuity there probably a blessing disguise that the season's going to be so stop start Mm. um you know we're on seven games a bunch of sides are on four games some sides are gonna have to gonna have to hammer through the games where we'll probably get through a large proportion of them and then probably have some blank weeks so who knows what's going to happen yep yep look let's let's round out
0: that particular game, just with a couple of factoids. Uh, 100 games for Robbie Cruz in Buck Colours. That's uh, a remarkable achievement that is worth calling out. You know, that list of 100 play- uh, players to have played 100 times for the club wouldn't be that big. I'm going to put it out there. Um, and Western United have only conceded four goals in the league so far this season, and all four of them are from us. Melbourne Victory.
2: And two of those have been set pieces as well, might I add. So,
0: what what is this vuck that scores from set pieces? I, 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 it's, it's Jake Brimmer season. Jake we'll, Brimmer. We'll,
2: we'll we'll talk about it we more will, in, in the other games, but it's 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 Jake Brimmer.
0: <laughs> it is.
2: And look, let's give the three, two, ones for that
0: game. We'll come back to the leaderboard after we're done with the most recent game. Uh, it just gone on Saturday, but uh the Max Steel Balls of Steel votes for the game against
1: Western United. Budza. Three for Brimmer season, two for Brillante, and one for Jace Davidson. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, those two A-League games
0: uh were the bookends to two FFA Cup games, and we're gonna tackle the game first up against. Gold Coast nights up at the Gold Coast Croatian Sports Centre this was no uh, this was December 29th I think I'm having to test the memory out here with that but the victory the buck prevailed uh not without a struggle though and we rolled out with our youngsters again which we expected but it was a poor start uh, yeah. Gold Coast took the lead Clarkie how did we manage to pull this one out of the fire
2: I probably just through through fitness and 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 a little bit of depth yeah we're playing with kids but we're playing with kids in a in a fully professional system um, but purely I think fitness um, you know these um, Gold Coast Knights, were just you know, into their off season, whereas we're really in getting into the sort of the middle portion of our season, you know, barring COVID. Um, but yeah, it was an extremely poor start fr- from the victory, which resulted in Gold Coast taking the lead within half an hour, and and for me, probably a huge driver to that was again just having no sort of dominance. Or, or experience in, in the midfield. Again, we rolled out with Curda with and Barnett um, as the midfield two and um, they were extremely poor, unable to maintain possession, unable to make simple passes. When they made passes, they weren't your positive ones that you're looking for, like brillante is always looking to go forward. It was always sideways or backwards. Um, it's it's It was a really sort of stark sort of... Exclamation point! That if these guys have aspirations of, of making the grade here at Melbourne Victory, they need mm. to show something in games like this. When you're giving opportunities against MPL sides, you've got to you've got to show that you can probably dominate them, even though you're younger. You're you're in a professional setup and a, and a tier above anyone you're playing against, and they just showed nothing really. And eh, for me, it was okay. I've now lost patience, especially with with Burke and Kadar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Barnett, I think can be a, a bit more of a serviceable, almost Mister Fix It. We'll talk about that a little bit later <laughs> in another game, mm-hmm. but but Kurdar can't do what Kurdar's there for, so I think they're both on borrowed time. Yeah,
1: but well, uh, the second look, half we rolled back. The, uh, Look, the overriding sentiment with most of these FFI Cup games is that the, apart from Nish and Brooksie, the kids are not good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that they're, they're—it's—it's it's hard to slate um, young players, but yeah, look, they're not just MPL sides they're playing against. They're MPL sides playing out of season, mm. and um, ah. look, Kadar Kadar had his, let's say, oh, not coming out game or he didn't burst on the scene, but he showed a lot of flashes when he's, um, it was time to sign him up to a proper contract when Brebs actually first took over. Um, as caretaker manager um, after Carlos left, and we were in the bubbles and there was that final game of the season where we won and actually got Kurt on the TV and they are like, do you want to stay? Do you want the club to sign you? Mm. Are you happy at Melbourne victory? And you know, all the signs were there and just hasn't taken any step at all. And you, you would think that there would be something to show from there, but they're not. Um, look, these games are very frustrating to watch for me. I, I haven't really enjoyed. I've, I've almost enjoyed the Schadenfreude of, of, of most of the FFA Cup games and everything that goes on in the Discord, um, with the shit stirring and the bad. St- <laughs> this it's hard enough to watch the games. You can't even tell what the numbers are on the back of the shirt. But the 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 actual moment of this game was the ten dollar bucket of chips. That was <laughs> that that was what this game was all about.
2: Yeah. So I honestly thought we were free of Nick Meredith when when the game moved away from Fox. <laughs> but a bloke that doesn't cost anything will always get a fucking gig.
0: Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh players that got a gig, uh shall we say player managers. So so this game went to extra time which wasn't great but you know we did wind them back and you got you got uh, you mentioned that you know apart from Nish and Brooks, the kids aren't good. But it was actually two kids that popped in the the, the equaliser and eventually, in extra time, the winning goal uh, in Triple L, Louis-Laurie Latanzio and William Wilson uh, in the 96th minute. But, yeah, coming back to the, uh, shall we say, people you thought were gone from playing or being involved in, in any form was uh, Scott McDonald, uh, who brought himself on, as a substitute in that second half, uh that that was something else as well, though, buds, apart from Nick Meredith whinging about the chip quantity for ten bucks.
1: Oh, yeah, look, Scott Scotty Mack likes to score against victory, but mm. it's really something that I was concerned about. He's well retired now and off the off the pace. But um look was it was a, a yes. look like a nice nice ground there. You heard about how they're an up-and-coming team that like to um like to have ambitions, and you know they're probably funding their MPL voyage and you know their dreams of pro roll with their ten dollars chips and five dollar cokes.
2: And you're apparently allowed to vape in the in the ground as well, because Nick's Croatian was also club, of course you can complaining <laughs> about someone vaping behind him as well. No, look, they've that they'd Jeez. be pretty happy with that. Anything show, else eh? you want to complain about?
1: Oh,
0: Nick Meredith? Yeah. No, no. As in, does is there anything else Nick <laughs> oh, Meredith yeah. wants to complain about? Oh, yeah, that? I'm sure there is. Just yes, go look at no his Twitter doubt. feed.
2: Um, but look, <laughs> no, I think Gold Coast would, would have some heart from that performance. Yeah, uh, yeah for I sure. They actually played pretty damn well. Um, they were definitely better than us and deserved that goal. And look, yeah, we pulled it out of the fire. So, again, I think it's one of those, those FFA Cup games that we've gone, cool, The result went our way. Let's never speak of that again.
0: Yes, exactly. And that result took us to the quarterfinals where we came up against the club that we're going to talk about for two games in a row, Adelaide United. This one was at Hindmarsh, uh, FFA Cup quarterfinal. You know, they have a really good record in the FFA Cup. I think they've won it twice. Or is it three times? I think it's twice. And yeah, this this game again, yeah, lots of shades of the same sorts of things, except on, on this occasion it was actually the opposition that uh, took the lead, as opposed to how we did in the A League on Saturday. But Craig Goodwin was always going to be the danger man. We went out with a slightly more experienced side, uh, and of course. Adelaide were rocked uh, by the news in the lead up to this that Halloran, probably their best player or one of their best players, was off to Korea. So mm-hmm. they went in with. Oh, a he's their best.
1: He's their best player. Different five, lineup. Mile. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, you know, Goodwin, who's starting to really turn it on as he does in this league, uh, opened the scoring for them in the 33rd minute. But we had our chances. Mm. Um, who wants to go first in, in describing the way in which, again, we sort of just clawed a result here. Poppable just manages it again.
2: Yeah, well, I thought we, we started pretty well. We um, manufactured a few chances pretty early on, um, but uh, just didn't fail, fail to uh, trouble the score sheet, really. um, We talk about, Buds, you talked about how, you know, uh hasn't really been around or when he has been around he he hasn't been great but the one person to really i guess benefit in the absence of, of Economides has been ben falami who i think's been improving week on week on and i thought he was he he's been excellent in this ffa cup game and then again against adelaide which we'll talk about afterwards again um Falami had a chance really early on, curled that one wide, again being set up by Brimmer. Yes. Um, Jason Guerrier missed a pretty straightforward uh, back post header, again from a Jake Brimmer set piece. So we had our chances in the first half, but so did they. So it it was a pretty tight sort of opening 30 minutes, but then Craig Goodwin, as he does, 25-yard free kick, if you don't mind. The, the absolute prick of a bloke. He he, he doesn't mind those sorts of goals. Uh, he's got a sweet left peg. It has to be said, um, best in the
0: business in this league. That that left peg, yeah. undoubtedly.
2: But yeah, again, I think a theme that we've said a couple of times this season is when we've gone down. Did any of you feel overly worried? No. Like no. there was this overriding sense that we would eventually, the more experienced side, would come over the top and and. That's exactly what we did,
1: really. Second time we've done it at Hindmarsh too, in the space of a mm. month, um, mm. which was which was really really pleasing. And um, you know, Brim, Brimmer started started to stand a bit taller in that second half, and you know, the combination with um, Brulante really started to you know, get some traction, and then ultimately for the goal, and an amazing bit of fortune there for for Josh being able to just sneak out the back and, um, and tap one in really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was great. And then you just saw, um, you know, Adelaide's heads dropped and, you know, mistakes started coming into play and, um, I was Trat who was at fault for the, the our eventual winner there, um, mm-hmm. for the penalty. Um, and Marjota scores again at hindmarsh too, which I thought was great. And it was really well taken penalty. It was superb to get the the win, progress, and do it within ninety. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, certainly to get the job done in that manner. Okay. It wasn't super convincing, but I agree, Clarkey. We 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 have something about us this season—a resilience, and, and and a fight, and a willingness, and and players who are either thrusted into the starting eleven who you wouldn't expect to be who are taking the opportunity with both hands or players who are coming off the bench and doing a job. And, you know, to echo what you said as well, Buds, that poppers, subs seem to be on the money this season. My only lingering concern about all this is, you know, again, the the fact that we, we seem to allow for opposition sides to take advantage of us when we're, you know, giving up possession too easily and, you know, just opening ourselves up, uh, which, you know, certainly did happen in the game that we're going to talk about next.
2: Hello, this is Ivan Kelava You are listening for the Buck's sake.
0: Mondevuk! Yes, it was at Amy Park, Saturday, the 8th of January. And, look, let's firstly deal with the... Massive list of omissions for this game that we found out before the game. Uh, there were all sorts of rumours circulating regarding COVID outs, and that proved to be the case when the lineups were announced: Marjota, Cruz, Economides, Davidson,
1: Spiranovic, and Rojas. So, I'm amazed uh, that I'm amazed that went ahead. The rumblings uh, also the yeah. morning of the day before. Mm that the game had been called off so exactly words after that was that it got called off was brought back to life got called off and was brought back again so um i'm i'm amazed it got played with that list of outs it's
0: crazy it's a fair yeah. chunk of the first side isn't it and four teenagers yeah. on the bench which you know it took the jam out of our donuts a little bit as kickoff approach because you know heading into this game you know given what we have did over in Hindmarsh and yeah you know, given yeah you know, excusing covid or forgetting about covid we would have had a much stronger side out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said it was still in my opinion a strong side that we did put out. The there was only really one player out of position that
1: was Jay Barnett at left back. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was in a familiar role. Mm-hmm. So and and they had played the best probably put their best team up against us on on the Wednesday mm. and I think they were playing their third game in a week. So we we had no excuses for this one. Agreed.
0: Agreed. And look I'll 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 kick things off by talking about I guess the fact that the, the first half was a bit end to end, but I do feel as though the better chances were ours, apart from Jacob Tratt. Jacob Tratt's gonna get mentioned on this podcast way more than I'd like (laughs) given that he had a couple of very big chances and obviously played a hand in uh, our goals over at Hindmarsh as well. But, yeah, that defending from Adelaide, I wanted to call that out because it was right in front of us at the south end and it was just noticeable to me that they were getting in for the blocks. They were just being uh, from a positional perspective in the right areas, even though, you know, Falami, and, and Villa Pille were were you know creating space in behind and, and creating some good runs. Adelaide's defending was uh, excellent, I felt. But yep. yeah, yeah, Clarkey. It was a stalemate for for, for much of the game. Uh, fans were unrewarded, but things did change. Uh, what, what what did you want to call out?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Well, um, things things often do swing in football. I mean let's let's have a chat about Dagger's goal. Um, he had probably had a stinker if, if you really wanted to sort of be harsh on, on the kid uh, up until scoring that goal. Um, probably playing a part was, as you said, Adelaide were very compact and sort of really managed to block out the running channels or managed to sort of come up and press him. Um, and he wasn't able to beat that sort of defensive line to get off any sort of really meaningful shots. But. Uh, than the one bit of space that they they afford him, albeit from distance, and he he absolutely smashes that in in top bins. But I think the thing for me that that probably started to swing the game a little bit was that Falami just didn't give up and just didn't stop doing the things that he'd been doing, even in the first half, even though there was little reward for him in the first half. Yep. he kept on down that line. He kept trying to stretch the defensive line, pull that defensive line out of shape, Um, the kid's week on, week on been growing Um, him and And kept
0: his feet. I just want to, sorry to interrupt you there, but Uh, I know it was quite noticeable, you know, that on this particular occasion, he kept his feet
1: in some of those tight. His feet uh, are uh, fucking amazing. His feet have been amazing all year. Like he just needs to get a bit stronger and he's going to be, one of the better young Australian wingers in this league he's he's building very nicely yeah
0: now buds, I'm going to put you on the spot here but a Jake Brimmer's set piece deliveries the best in the league
1: currently or you know across the whole you know league this season oh, it's hard it's hard to make a judgment on the league. Like I literally haven't seen Brisbane or Perth Glory play in a month, <laughs> like, yeah. if not um, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's, you know, it's probably a bit hard, but I dare say that they're the best I've seen in his time here. Although he didn't have the best game on the weekend, um, he he is providing something. He is making defenses uh, worry. Um, he was pretty wasteful though on Saturday mm. night I thought there was there was a couple that skied over um that didn't keep us in it but um it was absolutely helter to skelter in the last ten minutes. It was it certainly bananas, was bananas. But it was I also want to know why we needed drinks breaks. I thought it was the yeah. funniest thing I've <laughs> ever seen. Um and look I didn't make it to the game. I've got a I've got a holiday on going on next week so I'm staying in a in a bubble. Um, and, so uh, I thought, I thought it was amazing. I, I kept looking up and they're having drinks breaks. And the only thing that we could um, put our finger on in within discord is that there's, there's no games being played. So the advertisers aren't getting any money. I'm um, sorry that the-, the advertisers aren't getting bang for their buck. So they're having to fork out with some extra ad breaks.
0: That's, that's, that's actually a pretty good theory because at the game itself, we were standing there, you know, and it was shirt weather. It was. 18, 19, It wasn't cold at all. I was like, "Why the fuck
1: are we having a drinks break?" They put the weather. Well, icon I stood there with my they, drink, but anyway, they were putting, the, putting the weather icons on at the breaks. Uh, it right. said nineteen degrees and cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I get a coffee? Coffee <laughs> break.
0: <laughs> Danny Townsend was, you know, uh, bombarded during and after. Uh, and for those of you that know, he's the head of the Australian professional leagues, the APL, regarding this. And he put out some pretty good corporate speak regarding this. Yeah, we're just trying to find the right balance, you know. Like We're working with the broadcaster to, to work out an arrangement, blah, blah, blah. It's like, mate, you're spinning shit here. It's, it, it's incompatible with the sport to have these sorts of breaks. Stop mm. it. Find some other way. Put a big fuck-off banner at the bottom of the screen with, I don't know, Maccas or KFC or whatever the hell it is, don't interrupt the game uh, for any reason um, or the flow of the game at all. It's Mm. just incompatible. But Jacob Tratt, I'm going to talk about Jacob Tratt again, gents. Um, (laughs) He missed a clear chance in the first half at the far post and he, he was right there in the right position. And then... Right in front of us in the south end, hits the underside of the bar after yet another what, glorious ball from Goodwin, and then minutes later, we see Brendan Hamill pick up the ball, find the substituted Leighton Brooks, who, and he found him with a it was a. Beautiful long-range pass from from, from Hamill. Um, Brooks does his little shimmy and turn that he likes to do, dishes it off to Daggers, and Daggers did the rest. Who pops away, arguably, the goal of the season for the club at least, or it's right up there, I'd say. What do you boys reckon?
2: Yeah, it was a thunderbust at that one.
0: Hmm. It was. Buds, would you rate it as the best goal of the season for them vark or even potentially the league again tough given that it's not been that much of the Oh no, but with,
1: with look with this thing it's it's all about the actual result. So yep. yeah, you can make it league wide and yeah, that's the, that's the best that's the best goal of the league so far. by Now
0: frustratingly uh
1: you know there was euphoria in the
0: stands, you know. We we obviously just bear witness to uh cracking goal yeah, and when a goal like that happens at home in the 84th minute, you're feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. You're, the terrace is 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 pumping, and you know felt pretty confident that we were going to at least hold on for the one nil. Um, sadly, that concentration thing popped its head up because Adelaide had numerous chances at, mm. uh, thereafter, and you know we sadly. Let Adelaide waltz through uh, at the death on a couple of occasions, and we got lucky with one of those being overturned by VAR, gents.
1: What's going uh, on there? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like defend. It was defending. I would dare say, like um, that little period. That period. Look, we went on a run at the twenty eighteen season when we nicked the title, but there was a block of about five six weeks when Musket was being booed at home regularly. When he was, you know, his face was on the big screen, and we were just constantly shipping um, goals, and it was just complete and utter bedlam at the back. Um, no, nothing compared to what we saw last season, which was just complete incompetence but um from the get-go but we were switching off and having lapses and it's it's happened it happened this game uh luckily there was an completely bonkers batshit crazy scenario where Mork slid in and um under the laws of the game impeded the keeper so I don't think there was anything even to do with offside with it um yep Ivan uh, y- wouldn't have got there regardless, but we we're very fortunate there. But we didn't learn. Um, we didn't des- no. we deserve we deserved to cop that call. Um, as sad as it was, and um, that man's sweet left peg. But yeah, Jason garrier was found out. I thought I thought Ivan was poorly positioned as well, and I thought he was slow to react and. There's a lot of people now looking at his goalkeeping, and I think the um the bravado is starting to wear off for a lot of people, and the passion. Um, he's a bit suspect. He's still probably better than Acton, but um, mm. we're we're in for I think a few more of these this season. Oh,
2: he's yes. going to be a roller coaster. Look, mm. I I think I think that left foot volley from Goodwin's probably going to get past a lot of keepers in the league. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that Ivan couldn't have done better. Like I do agree that positioning and, and reaction could have been improved, but I still think at this level, like there's not too many keepers in this league that are are saving that from Craig Goodwin
1: yeah, when, when he does stuff like that. Technically perfect.
2: Yeah. It's technically
1: perfect.
0: Yeah. It's but, just so frustrating. Go on. Sorry, Clarky.
2: No, but yeah, just sort of going back to the, the lapses in concentration, it's, it's it's not just the lapses in concentration it's as you said dave it's almost as inviting the pressure in almost taking the foot off the gas and i don't know whether that's lack of on field motivation to be like hey job's not done yet or it's popovich you know hey we know how to defend have confidence in in shutting it out from here and not taking any risks i don't know if it's if it's pragmatism or if it is a complete switch off um, I, I don't quite know what it is yet but it's a pattern a pattern is forming and we need to find out soon if it's if it's individual switching off or if it's actual instruction to just chill and try and back yourself and see it out because if it's if it's back yourself and just defend for 15 20 minutes this is going to happen all the this is going to happen every second third week and it, you can't do that in this league you just can't yeah,
0: just incredibly frustrating, you know, that we 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 allowed that to happen. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned that you know, we we deserved to concede that goal, and yeah, I think we did because you know you would have thought after the VAR incident that would have been enough to awaken them from the slumber and and allowing that scenario mm. to occur. So, and 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 essentially kill. Killed the game. Um, it was a, a microcosm for the way in which we've had certain periods in the game where we have switched off. And yeah, I'm with you, Clark. I'm not quite sure if it's a, you know, a directive thing from the brains trust, yeah, you know, or whether it's actually something you know just down to individual players, you know, not concentrating. Whatever it might be, but yeah, it's. It certainly uh, didn't feel great. Yeah, uh, you know, being in the south, then you 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 get that travelling away support, and they let us know. Uh, and as as always, hmm. they obviously not as big as they would have brought in non COVID times, but certainly still had a contingent there, and they were good value. Uh, yeah, so we 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 come away with a point when you know. It really felt like two points lost.
1: Oh, it was. Oh, oh, yeah. That was that was two points lost, that one. They mm. gained a point we dropped two. That was
2: not great. Yeah. But also trying to look optimistically, um, given the amount of outs that we had as well, right. you know, it, it, it's not complete alarm. But, yeah. But I guess the thing about this and, and, and a draw like this is that we are disappointed. With this result and that's something that last year uh, that that wouldn't be a case like we have higher expectations this year um and that's that's inherently a good thing
0: that's right and of course you know after goodwin did his goodwin things as he tends to do we saw yes sent off uh, a second yellow so the game really packed all its drama into the final 10 minutes um, apparently for dissent, um, he he uh, alleges that he was saying vamonos, vamonos, but the referee thought he said "fuck off" or something to that effect. Am I right? Is that is that what
2: I think that's, led to that's, led to the card? Yeah, that's that's the general "vamos" versus "fuck uh, off." So you know, yeah. I'm um, not sure how good Sean Evans is with his uh, with his Spanish. So it, it could be entirely possible. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to get that one up, overturned. Uh, there's no way you can prove Steve. that. So,
0: <laughs> oh, I have to agree there, mate. I have to agree. Okay, so we, 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 we're we going to finish off talking about the games now. Uh, we will uh, revisit the, uh, the, the topic of uh, Josh Cavallo in a separate item after we deal with the... Max Steel Balls of Steel votes for this game. And then we're going to run through the leaderboard. Buds, take it away.
1: Three votes, Josh Bellante; Two votes to Daggers and one vote to Falami. I've got to give mm. a big shout-out to uh, Dave. Not you, Dave. No, um, Dave Mateo. An- champion. Yeah, another, another legendary Vuck fan stalwart, Dave, who's – um. He's written a script which scrapes the uh, the Twitter votes and collates them, and is a uh, an ever updating uh, permanent Google file for me. So all I have to do is log into the Google Drive at about four PM on a Monday, and they're there.
0: <laughs> Magic. Living the
1: dream, but sir, absolutely got an hour back of my life every week. It's great. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave, Thank you, Dave. A point a big, for that. Uh, at big, the very big least, prizes. Big yep. prizes at the end of year function for you, Dave. Thanks, mate. And what about the leaderboard then the, after, after all the oh. scraping and the, the calculating. So we've got, um, where we sit now is Jake Brimmer on eight, Miranda on six and Rojas, Brilante and Davidson on five. Mm-hmm. So Thanks, it mate. is
2: Brimmer season then. Premier season is is shaping up.
1: It is. Yep. He could have, he, he, if he, dare say, if he hit one of those uh, dead balls a little bit better on the weekend, mm-hmm. he, he might be sitting pretty on 11. He might be out to a, a Marco Rojas lead from a year's gone by. All right. So despite the fact that the Vucs sit top of
0: the table, still in the FFA Cup and you know, things from a Melbourne Victory perspective, have been going pretty well. It's saddening and unfortunate that we have to deal with a topic of homophobic abuse coming from our terraces towards the very recently uh, revealed or outed, uh, uh, you know, in terms of his sexuality, Josh Cavallo. And it, I, I'm, I'm going to sort of struggle to, put this sentence together because i'm just so fucking disappointed that this has happened and that it's happened with our club and dare i say it just a small handful of fucking morons who think that that's still okay um or that that is i don't know an acceptable way to treat a fellow human being like you know you can you can say what you want when you're a paying ticket member, but there's a line that you don't cross. I feel, as I said, this it's it's really disheartening um, to have to even talk about this because I think for the most part, this club and its fans are incredibly progressive and incredibly just you know, well-meaning uh, across the board. This is just a case of a couple. Who knows, you know, I doubt it would have been more than a handful of people engaging in this. But sadly, just to to recap, you know, Josh has had to come out on his social media and talk about that abuse that happened not only on Saturday night, but apparently during the FFA Cup game midweek as well. Boys, we... Yeah, we have to talk about this and, you know, we have to obviously condemn what's happened. The club's put out a statement. We tweeted pretty early on in the piece about this to just put a line in the sand uh, that it's unacceptable. Um, who who wants to add some of their views to
1: this shit show? Oh, it's, it's, um, it's really disgraceful, um, not even considering that he's a Melbourne boy. Um, he played his youth football for us. He's been part of this club before in his football journey, um, and you know what he's done was courageous earlier in the year or earlier in the season. And um, you know, it's it's hurtful to him. It's hurtful to um, fans like ourselves that are you know fully supportive and um, want nothing more than just love and inclusiveness um you know in society these days and um it just sucks man it, it really sucks and I thought our club could have done more I thought OSM could have done more I thought the league could have done more um in statements and it's it's um it's not surprising um that you know the the professional league as, as a whole has probably been underwhelming in its response and I think victory of you know, probably hidden behind that um, key word of investigation. Um, they'll, they'll hide behind that with their statement and it's um, it's just shit house, and it's shithouse for Josh and his family. And, you know, he's from, I pretty think he's from Bentley. He's a Bentley boy and, you know, he probably had his family and friends coming to watch him as well and they've got to deal with this shit. It's just, um, it's reprehensible. Well seen, yeah, mate.
2: it's... It's utterly devastating that that stuff like this is still going on. Um, we should be better. Um, you know, I, I think as we said during the week, football is for everybody. Um, the three of us have read stories this week in our Patreon Discord about how football has been a safe haven for some people, a place for them to be themselves and to share in the beauty um, of football with like-minded people. And no one should have to put up with this kind of crap. Um, And in situations like this, you look to those with a voice. You look to those with a platform and reach to provide leadership. And unfortunately, the silence has been deafening. Uh, It was an opportunity to stand up, lay down a marker and say that this is unacceptable. Unfortunately, all this silence does is highlight utter cowardice. Um, for years, there's been a discussion around treating football fans fairly, to not paint them as criminals or thugs, to treat them with respect. And yet, respect isn't given yeah. to this kid. Where's the fucking respect for Josh, mate? Eh? You know, he's just yeah. out there playing the game he loves. Respect is a two way fucking street. Um, mm-hmm. This is a slap in the face to everyone, to Josh, who shouldn't have to be called courageous for being who he is. Okay. to a largely wonderful and diverse and accepting fan base and also to the club who's worked so hard for and with us to rebuild the club back into something we can all be proud of. Uh, you know, maybe next time these people will think of others before they open their mouths. It'd probably make them a slightly better person. But just cut it out. And to anyone in the, in the terraces or in the stands or on the street, you know, there's avenues to call this out. If you don't feel like you can be confrontational and call it out directly, there's, there's those SMS lines. You know, you can contact the club directly and, and provide seats or, or locations. You know, unfortunately, you know, we are fairly he- heavily surveyed as football fans. So there, there would be footage, you know, don't be afraid to call this out because, you know, we, we need to stand up against this bullshit and the longer that people don't say a thing that these people get away with it and continue to think that it's okay
0: and continue to make bullshit comments on social media behind anonymous names uh that just defy uh, it's just stupefying the whole thing um and look i I really don't want to make this a, a terrorist thing or, or make it about OSM as such. But, you know, if it's happened in Adelaide, they're, they're pretty much the only people who went over to Adelaide. And the, the, the disappointing thing is is that during this game, the most recent one against Adelaide, I spent um, quite a few minutes telling a couple of newcomers about how awesome our active support has been this season. And how, you know, you touched on the, Clark, the 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 club and support as a whole has been regenerated and is seemingly on a path to something great. And it just mm. feels like that's been completely destroyed with this. Um, and the silence is deafening. It really is. There, there was an opportunity for that group to make a statement. It's not hard to make a statement to say that that sort of stuff isn't acceptable, you know, because I I have no doubt that people leading the terrace aren't out there. uh, I'm sure they're not saying, you know, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to abuse a a, a player in in this manner, but it still is an opportunity to, to make a statement. As you said, they've got a platform. They've got heaps of people following them on social media. There was a chance there to do it, but it's, to me, it's like such a—it's new, obviously, in this case, but it's such a familiar rodeo. I feel like I've seen this movie with the North Terrace so many times in its various guises throughout the history of the club. You know, there's one step period, forward, two steps back. Yeah, a period of great growth, which we've seen this season—it's it's amazing momentum, and things are going well, and everything like that. And then there's some incident, in in this case the Cavallo incident, but in other times it's been various other things and then Mm. it collapses, declines, rinse and repeat. And this has been due to a vacuum of ownership and responsibility of those that lead the terrace to actually do something about what is below the belt or unacceptable. Um, Mm. And in this case, it's completely that
2: exactly i'm I'm pretty pissed off like yeah it's not about being political or being politically correct or anything like that it's about being a decent fucking human being mm. Um. if you think that this kind of behavior is acceptable well you need to have a good heart look look at yourself And, and as you said dave yeah we've seen this all before but it's like you know i don't know again we all feel like fucking idiots we all feel like this this we get swept in and I know it's not about us but we feel like fucking idiots we, we look at osm this year we go look at this the clubs work with them it's it's a new leaf it's a new chapter vibes are high like you think we're a bunch of fucking idiots how how many more times is this gonna fucking happen like for Christ's sake this is football like take take your bullshit elsewhere hmm
0: there are LGBT people on our own terraces, yeah, um, and have been since day dot. Like, you, you're not just having a go and at, at an opposition player. You're having a go at, you know, an already marginalised uh, portion of society. Um, and as you and said, and it shouldn't take courage to mm. to to be who he is, you know. Um, and
1: then that the, the flow and effect is there's there's bound to be more within the professional leagues in Australia. Of course. That, yeah. um, that, you know, are they too now off put to, you know, be free to be who they are and, and come out and do what Josh has done. You know, this is just, it's just damaging for, for everybody.
2: It's just, it's awful. This is, this is ex- the exact reason why the people aren't true to themselves and feel like they can't be true to themselves. Because they know this is this exists, it's yep. just utterly disgraceful.
1: Yeah, I think the I think the pertinent point too is you know we know the you know there's football football fans are the first ones to jump up and down and scream racism and scream persecution from you know, the media or the police or the security mm. and things like that and you know this kind of shit's just. Uh, it's just I want it's, respect, it's, but the- yeah, it's just face it's just massive face palming all over again, but on it I know it's just so disappointing it's super super disappointing It is. and hopefully is. Oh look hopefully it's it's not it's not too late for 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 for, for a, a statement or an ownership or or anything from from the leadership at just least to say that's leadership. not on
0: yeah. You know, um... And and lead by example. That's what leaders do. They lead by example. Um, you do, you're doing everything so well this season. You, you've just fucking completely shit the bed. Um, and as I said, we're we're talking about individuals here. This is not some directive. There's people who have chosen to do this that need to be told that this isn't how we do it. Uh, And I hope that happens. I really do. But um, it's a bit of a sour note for us to end the podcast in this manner. But, you know, I just want to echo what we said in the the tweet a few days ago when when this news surfaced that we, you know, we we stand with Josh and, um, you know, football is for everyone. There's no room for this bullshit anywhere. Um, So, yeah. Any final parting thoughts, gentlemen? We've packed in somehow four matches. Um, yeah, we're, we're probably now that we're you know, getting into mid-Jan, going to start becoming a bit more structured and regular now that we're shaking off those cobwebs of... If we've got games Christmas to talk years, about. Does, yeah, that's that's the thing. correct. Correct. And thank you for mentioning that because yeah, the run sheet (laughs) says there are no fucking games to talk about because I don't don't know what the league does. Literally,
1: I I don't know what the league does. It's yeah, I just die straight. Talking about silence about huge issues is just it needed. It needed action two weeks ago. Any plan, guys? (laughs)
0: Like any, any plan? Um, I mean, it's bloody hard because you've got different. Jurisdictions, you've got different circumstances where there's COVID some places and COVID not in other places. Somehow we've managed to play our games and and everything. But obviously, as you saw in, by the weekend, you know, we missed you know, a good chunk of our first team as a result of it. This can't go on. Um, neither no, we uneth- have a break, or, or I don't know what the solution well, uneth-
1: is. Unethically, um, the greatest thing that not the greatest shit. For one of a better word, um, if, if if it was safe to do it and that you knew that there was a hundred percent success rate in everyone being okay in the long term, unethically, the best way to get everything going is just to put everyone in a room and to have the virus, you know, do its thing, and then you know. Take a two week break in um, chicken pox move party. But I was gonna say, yeah, it, it, put it, it, all the pox kids party. in
0: a bath with the chicken pox kid.
1: Yeah, they've been this, this, they've been doing a, <laughs> they've been doing commute like the health and wellness dickheads that live in Byron that live on Instagram have been doing things <laughs> like that, and, and they've been dying. Um, so <laughs> what a shocker! What a shock! So yeah, it's not something you can do. It's uh, unethical and it's uh, unreasonable, and it can't happen. So a plan mm. needs to be put in place. Like a plan because uh, if it's a pause, if it's a bubble, if it's a pause, it's a bubble, anything it's, it's something it, it's unsustainable like this. And I dare say the broadcasters and the investors, is going to start cracking the shits about
2: it as well. Cause there's no content. I mean, look, the broadcasters are mm. going to start cracking the shits, but also they have to realize when they're, they're buying rights to a sporting event in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They they would have there's had to have had some of understanding yeah. of of COVID, but oh no, yeah, but I do, there's I do, I do agree be, that there'll be meetings the lack going of action on. is gonna cost even more product. They're running out of
1: time. They're running yeah. out of time with grounds. Did At they this shorten point, the this...
2: season? Like,
1: is that another option? Probably, but I dare
2: say so. they'll just cram games in. And... And then we'll have soft tissue injuries and teams ravaged with that instead of COVID. So either way, it's a it's now through inaction. It's probably we're looking at a at a degradation of the product, regardless of which other way Dan- we go.
1: I just want to see Daniel Sturridge play for Perth Glory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be nice. After all the fanfare and the the the. The quarantine Haircuts. and the, the wait for the barber
1: and all
0: the, all the, you, the social you, media speak, drama. Speaking
1: speaking of the um the broadcaster, did you see their their promotional material today for XG? Oh, oh yeah, did. Melbourne victory, good defense, bad attack.
0: <laughs> well, that told me everything I need to know about football yeah. from from that. Um, wonderful Functional stuff. Stats. Yes, uh, statistics, lies and more statistics, but gentlemen, uh, I love chatting with you guys and and I know that from here on in uh, for the rest of the season, <laughs> games permitting, we will be here uh, to, to basically regale you all with everything we, we can think of when it comes to this club, this league, uh, this sport, and we're going to keep doing it. So... Look, on behalf of FVS, uh, good night to everyone. Mon the Vak. Mon the Vak.